And our next poet is Luther Allen, who I think we're going to need to move this up for. I'd like to thank the Boynton Committee because um, without them we wouldn't be here tonight and I have an inkling of how much work they put into this, so thank you. Just an inkling. Old memory. Stillness. Winter. Night. Cold. Rain. Bear alder. We think... In this frigid dark, it is waiting for spring. No, it is just stillness. Almost as still as the patient rock wrapped in the alders' writhing, wrestling roots. And before we go to the next poet, uh, Deborah Lutz is still here. You, I, you didn't get. To, we didn't give you your merit award certificate, and you deserve it. So our next poet. <laughs> we're moving on now to the Walk Award poets, and um, the difference. Well, I think. Uh, am I right in thinking that? All the placards, all the poems go on the buses. Is that right? Used to be. And, um, but then the Walk Award poets also have their poems mounted on the plinths, the plinths around the public library, which is a, a wonderful place to have a poem. So our first Walk Award poet is Susan Chase Foster. That's great. Hi. On being a squirrel, one spurious theory claims the purpose of our huge brain is to filter out the overwhelming beauty of the universe, to minimize aesthetic distractions that get in the way of being human. In which case, it would be better to be a tiny-as-a-walnut-brained gray squirrel, spread eagle on a cedar fence, the crepuscular energy of star infinities warming your back fur, the shimmer of spring mist glazing the gallery of Douglas fir burls around you, the Epicurean sense of newborn maple buds sending you into whirling fits of unfurled tail-spinning ecstasy. Thank you, Tim. Our next poet is Liam Veach. Liam? 
Skit. The winter interrupts and takes away from the freedom to skit. Going to my favorite park in the sun. It's hard indoors. I'm stuck. My parents built me a ramp. It's not my favorite. My friends like it in the dark barn. I, sli- I like skate church. People there know me, and I feel free. I make friends, and people like me for who I am. I am a skater, free, even without the sun. Our next poet is Angela Belcaster. April night. I saw a spin of cherry blossoms lifted from the curb by the wind. A pink eddy whirled and spun, a bubblegum cyclone a startle of petals turning under the brown street light. It was a clean spring, and I thought of you. But gravity and sense held me, not bearing to step into things such as this, that dream their own weather, as in mountains, as in love, as in gods, unable to bear the thought of what chaos might be caused, of what chaos I have caused by my trespass, by the memory the familiar falling of petals onto wet ground. Thank you. Matt Malian. So this is a different version of the myth. It's called Icarus Ashore. What's interesting is not the obvious, but the gaze of the cashier. How she closes her book softly and eyes the few tattered wet-clung feathers extending beyond the borders of his body as he walks away from the automatic doors, the water pooling at his feet and makes his way to skincare. Also, the customer in frozen foods who drops his burritos and starts for the door. The woman near the exit who can't help smirking at the scene, a naked man with wings, studying the selection of sunscreen. It is, rather, as she scans the product, the intuition of the cashier as to the true nature of his father's caution. How, with fingers closing around the severed wings, she takes the almost pinionless span offered as payment and places it behind the counter 
waves him through, and as he exits toward the beach, already rubbing the lotion on his shoulders, how she suspects the revisions such a long swim will effect, and why, perhaps, his was an important failure. Our next poet is Betty Scott. Thank you. My Dog Barks uh, honors Mona Lisa, our family dachshund, who died on winter solstice in 2010 at age 17. This spirited dog, long and low to the ground, mentored us in the art of loving. I imagine Mona Lisa joins me tonight in thanking the Sue Boynton Board, volunteers, patrons, and judges for encouraging her to bark outside our library. My dog barks. She's an old lady now. Our silent talks and walks numbered. Soon I will miss her long stretches, the arc and arch of her spine, her struts to the back door, tail up, curled nails against sliding glass, black nose pointed toward grass, her return, the scrape and scamper, and Later, her warm body against the middle of the night, even her littering rights, exigencies of living with the art of her in starts and stops, her leash and release of me. Thank you. I'm not sure our next poet is here. Is Kayla Donovan here? I thought not. So I will read her poem with uh, great delight. Kayla is an 11th grader, and her poem is entitled One Last Time. Memories of you cross my mind. I remember all the torturous things you let me do to you. All the fun we had playing dress-up and watching NASCAR all day. Hiding in your bed, hoping Dad wouldn't find me, so I didn't have to go to school and I could just be with you all day. Grandpa, you're everywhere, never forgotten. I feel you watching over me. There's not a day that passes that I don't think about you and wish you were here. You're everywhere to me, even though you're ash inside a small brown box. I wish I could tell you in person one last time how much I love you. Mm -hmm. 
Our next poem is by Mariah Brown Pounds. Is Mariah here? This is Raspberry Rhubarb Pie. Work done early, so I took the afternoon to bake raspberry rhubarb pie. Sunshine spilling onto the granite kitchen counter. Joni Mitchell on the stereo. A full glass of Chardonnay. I wore my apron with the yellow roses. Feeling like a 50s housewife or a magician, I worked slowly to get it just right. My hands knew what to do with fresh-picked rhubarb and last year's raspberries. I only had to watch, let the wine and Joni's voice take me away. Evening sunlight, cooking pie smells, good daydreams about you and me, smiling to think of your surprise to find pie and me waiting. That last poem makes me hungry. <laughs> By the way, I, I want to make sure that I don't forget to tell the poets that before they leave, after people have mingled and maybe had some treats over there, uh, they, they should make sure they take their placard with them, find their placard and take it with them. Because if they don't, we'll get to sell them. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, the next poem and poet we have up is Mike Long. Wow, with the sunshine right there, Mr. Bertolino looked just like an angel. I thought, oh, wow, I've made it. Okay. <laughs> this is called A Love Song Repurposed. I have heard the mermaids singing each to each. Tonight they hear my voice and dive into my world. We put on some James Brown and spend the evening just splashing around. They purchase fancy underwear from VS at Bellis Fair and leave the packaging in an empty parking spot to avoid paying duty at the border. My one true love is not on Facebook. To find her, I must travel back in time and sail to a land where the only terms of service are lungs and heart and skin. When Lake Watcom joins the Shangri-La and the Viking twin in extinction, we will build a new, improved reservoir on Baker View, off I-5, where jet skis ply the clear blue waters and a clownish peg-leg captain hunts his whale. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold, or so they shout on Fox News. And we watch, and we listen, and we grieve, 
and we cower and we tremble and we seethe till human voices wake us and we breathe. So, Mike, was that the angel of life or the angel of death? <laughs> Our next poet up is Emily Specter Van Zee. Are you here? Oh, boy. <laughs> I want to be free in the mountains. In the mountains, I want to plant a hundred million flags. Each one is for whoever wants to own the mountain. Wait, I think I missed it. I want to be free in the mountains. In the mountains, I want to plant 100 million flags. Each one is for whoever wants to own the mountain. A flag for each person so there's no war. There's plenty of room for everyone. Our next and actually final poet for the session this year is... Well, my good friend Malcolm Kenyon. And um, uh, where are you? I think you're here. Come on up, Malcolm. Cool. This poem's called The Goat Island Battery. Monuments to change perceptions. These batteries once covered every estuary, strait and cove in Puget Sound. Our continent, a landlocked ship with 12-inch rifles aimed at ghosts that never came. Each rock and headland honeycombed with concrete revetments and magazines once filled with real live men who scanned the night for threats which lay beyond the range of guns. The world stayed out of reach, and war evolved in Asia. The inability of islands to maneuver left such citadels behind for picnics, lovers, vines, that curled around the vacant ports to slowly close the eyes of history till masonry and native rock could not be told apart. Thank you. Uh, next up on my list is uh, the brilliant Ellie Rogers, and after her, I'm going to invite George Drake to come up and say a few words. Come on up, Ellie. 
Thanks, everybody, for being here on such a lovely evening. I am Ellie Rogers. I'm one of the three co-chairs that has helped make this this happen tonight. Um, I thought I would start with a shameless plug, which Jim has already helped us do. Uh, the Boynton Committee is part of the Walk and Poetry series. You can make donations to us. They're tax deductible. And we even have handy forms at the back table that you can pick up, make a donation tonight or later. Um, we do a lot with a really little budget. So whatever you can give is really helpful. Another way folks can give is by donating time. We are an all-volunteer committee, and surprise, we're looking for more members. And I would like to say that past winning poets make great committee members. <laughs> um, so if you're interested at all or if you have any questions, please feel free to talk to any of the current committee members um, or shoot us an email later, and we'll give you the scoop. Which begins my list of thank yous. I would like everybody on the committee right now to stand up. This small and mighty force of 10 people has hosted five poetry workshops, put together a fabulous fundraising dinner, spread the word to thousands of people about this contest, organized this evening, and much more. They've copied and pasted and cut and edited and emailed and pretty much everything under the sun to make this year run smoothly. And on top of that, they're all delightful people. And most of them are poets and writers themselves, or at least poetry lovers. And it is a total joy to work with you all. So thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to thank Mary and Bruce for doing a fabulous job wading through 250-plus poems on schedule and for being here tonight, um, as well as Jim Bertolino, our traditional MC. Always a pleasure. Jim thanked most of our donors, which are also listed on your program, but I also just want to give a special thank you to Whatcom Educational Credit Union for a substantial donation this year, and as well to the Boynton family for continuing to support us through the years. The whole community partners to make a celebration like this. We're thankful for the many poetry workshop leaders throughout the year that donate their time and talent, and we'll have more of those poetry workshops coming up in the fall, so stay tuned. Um, BTV10 works with some of our poets to record them and broadcast their poems, and the WTA gifts us that space on the buses to have poetry on buses. The Bellingham Public, Public Library welcomes the poetry walk we install each year. Thanks to Anita and Angela Boyle and Egress Studio Press for their incredible work on those plaques and placards that will be on buses and near sidewalks, and they're really beautiful. I know Jim already said, but the poets can take theirs home tonight. And this is hot off the press, ladies and gentlemen, so if you find any edits that need to be made, let us know. <laughs> um, we're also grateful tonight for Nancy Canyon and Norman Green running around with cameras. Uh, Boris Schleinkofer is from Poetry Night, and he is helping us podcast this event. Um, the Community Food Co-op, Great Harvest Bread, and Starbucks all pitched in for refreshments. This is a big one. I'm almost done, guys. This is a big one. The threshold documents, uh, Norman Green has an affiliation to this establishment. He's on our committee, is our official printer. 
And this is pretty huge. They have donated all of the printed materials this year. Yeah. Um, including the chapbooks, which are on the back table, which I think a lot of you know about already. Those are $5. They feature beautiful artwork by Sheila Sondick on the cover and all of these winning poems. And we encourage you to buy one, get autographs of these star poets, and read them for years to come. Um, Judy Kleinberg, I have to give a shout out <laughs> to Judy, who's a former committee chair and has answered so many of our questions in the last year, and also continues to run our blog, which is one of the best blogs in the whole Northwest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you have any interest in poetry at all, which I'm guessing you do because you're here, you should go check out our blog. Um, it's the Boynton blog, but it's also got daily updates with great stuff. So um, thank you so much, Judy, for doing that. I love this contest because of the way it pushes poetry into every possible venue. Buses, public television, sidewalks, YouTube, chapbooks, readings, podcasts, blogs, and it's open to everybody in the whole county. I can't think of a better way to honor and cultivate more and more poetry in the world. My final thanks is to all of you for being here tonight. Thanks to all the poets who submitted, and especially to the poems, or to the poets that read their poems here tonight. Thank you for taking the time to pen your lines and to submit them to us. We're so glad to read them and to hear them, and we're really excited to launch them all over Whatcom County. So thank you. Thanks, Ellie. Well, um, since it's, I'm not able to, and it would be somewhat inappropriate for me to toast each and every, every one of you with an appropriate adult beverage, I would like to leave you with another kind of toast. A poem. Say what? Oh, I'm sorry. George, George. Oh, please, please. Oh. Jan, I'm sorry I have to inform you that Mother Boynton told a lie. She was not without sin. I invited her about 40 years ago to come to my class and talk about community organizing in Boston, 1895 to 1905. She was the founder of the PTA in Boston. And she came into my class, she was 95 years old at the time, and she addressed the students and she said, I told a lie. I told Dr. Drake I would come and talk about community organizing. I have no interest in community organizing. <laughs> but I'm in a nursing home and everybody there is dead. They just haven't fallen over yet. There's no life, there's no spark, there's no enthusiasm, there's no joy. I had to come here and see that spark and that joy and that enthusiasm. And I think if Sue Boynton, Mother Boynton, were here tonight, she would feel that that is exactly what's here tonight. George Drake. 
Um, one announcement before I do a little farewell to you. Um, someone has lost their car keys, I believe, while being here. And um, maybe check and see if you're missing anything or if you've found something. Okay, and, and the, be waiting at the table. Okay. Uh, all right, well, then, then I want to propose a toast to you all. May you always have art to charm your days, a sensible hearth, and friends as dependable as gravity. May the wind and creatures be as music to your evenings alone. And may your dreams leave you renewed. May you have an Appaloosa to ride the outline of blue hills and nothing that sickens and no black sticks. Thank you. You may notice there's plenty of food on the table left. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs>